1: Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball?
2: Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks basketball, basketball podcast. podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, in, in glorious blue and white are you? <laughs> I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. Fred, we
1: were at Game Six. How are you feeling? It's been a few days.
2: Uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, that 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 uh, you know, it was a bit of a rough end, and uh, I think maybe Maybe I booed the people leaving early a bit too aggressively, but things have mellowed out, you know?
1: You did boo the early leavers. It was great. I did. Yeah.
2: Listen, (laughs) section 309, you know, that's my home. I got to make sure that, uh, I don't know, I yell sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I'll just say that, Freddy's section is right by where the sort of shawarma is supposed to be. And it wasn't there. So if anyone knows what happened to the sort of shawarma, if it's somewhere in like a mystery tier or something, let us know. Cause I was so psyched to try one finally. And unfortunately we couldn't.
2: Yeah. Shout out Cherry Street Grill, which was delicious, but that was we, will, uh, yeah. we will not sleep until we get uh, <laughs> some answers about sort of shawarma. Yeah. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're checking out the podcast for the first time, you're coming back. We are, uh, hardcore Raptors fans, performers, analysts, uh, and just all around, like, you know, basketball nuts. Uh, thanks mm. for checking us out on Raptors Republic and the rap cast. And, um, yeah, Maddie, what, what other info, uh, should people, I don't know, ingest if they want to, uh, help us out or, uh, I mean, I guess, uh. Yeah. Help us out. Yeah. Don't, don't take the info for any other reason.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, go to raptorsrepublic.com. Of course, there's lots of great content there and, you know, subscribe and like on the YouTube. If you're watching right now, please leave a comment. We've been getting lots of feedback. It's great. And yeah, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash dunks podcast.
2: Beauty. Well, I think we can probably uh, get going here pretty quick. Uh, I would just say, um, you know, uh, as I've been saying for a little while now, uh, with my other podcast, uh, Catherine Niker, who is also a member of Raptors Republic, uh, the uh, a, a, the the pickup a WNBA podcast, uh, we're covering the Brittany Griner situation as much uh, as we possibly can. If it's not something you know about, please check the pod, but you know, just read up as much as you can. Uh, it's not something that should be ignored and it's important for everyone to be informed on, and uh, yeah, I think with that we can we can get going here. There's a lot to a lot to talk about in Raptorsland and and the NBA at large. I'm going to bring on uh, a first time guest, but uh, it's almost silly saying that because he's someone who's inspired me for a long time. Uh, I've been a fan of his writing, uh, of his podcasting, you know, from uh, back in the day, of Raptors Republic. He's a he's a co creator. Uh, a lot of people know him as uh, the Arsenalist or Corner Sniper. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for zarar Siddiqui. <laughs> I, like it. No, I like it. Yeah, This is your I tune, like man. I'm, I, I mean, let me just I like apologize. It, like, I like it. What's up? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours.
3: So uh, I really appreciate you doing the pod. I'm excited to have you, man. Oh thanks for having me on man. Yeah, I've been listening to uh the last uh 10 or 12 episodes since uh Lewis uh, kind of clued me onto this and it's, uh, it's it's pretty good man. I, I I like it. And the and the Brittany grinder situation, yeah, it's I, I think that's something that's worth um, uh worth being aware of at least because yeah. uh uh you know like it, it's funny because it's obviously you know there's a, there's a there's a there's a wrong person in that conversation like you know russia obviously but i don't think russia gives a shit i think they do enough things wrong that and nothing's going to phase them
2: well said well said yeah um, it's a pretty bleak situation that i think uh, folks don't really know how to i've already used the word in jest but they don't really know how to receive it's it's complicated and you know it's a helpless situation i think if you're like a regular basketball fan and um you know as an analyst and podcaster i think sometimes it's it's scary to wade into political territory but uh it's what's you know required of all of us right now i think um yeah it's something that the more eyes on it the better in my opinion i agree but um yeah let's uh let's bring on guest number 2 uh, he's a frequent guest of the podcast Great friend of mine, amazing, amazing comedian. I always butcher uh, the the show he's a host of. I've called it the Big Canadian Baking Show. It's not that uh, uh, CBC uh, Baking Show, Canada Baking Show. I think Listen, <laughs> I just still... butchered it again. He's one of the best uh, basketball players I've ever met in real life. He can still dunk, I believe. Just a hilarious, amazing guy, shoeless Lewis on Twitch. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Alan Shane Lewis.
0: Bad music still. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What's the baking show? What's the title? <laughs> oh, it's uh, called Great Canadian Baking Show. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> you got some of the words, the energy and the essence of what it was came through, and that's what language is about. You know, it's about just speaking yeah. and taking you. it. <laughs> also, I, I pre- booing people who left early, don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad. I booed through the TV. I booed people in games three and four who were just like, just kind of just like. Sitting there, like I kept saying this same phrase over because I was a little obnoxious. I was like, "It's not Wimbledon. It's not Wimbledon. It's playoff basketball. Make some noise!" So,
2: <laughs> a little okay. bit. Well, you know, I mean, and I, I get it. People are, you know, trying to catch the go train or whatever. But oh, folks in my section were leaving with eight minutes to go. Eight minutes. Hey.
3: You're talking to somebody who boos in the third quarter when they're late coming back to the seats. Good, <laughs> good. Eight minutes left. Is, and that looks horrible on TV, especially oh, on like yeah. when you're, it, it's, you know, of, of all the Jurassic Park where Blob were the greatest fans in the world, you come into the third quarter and you see the entire gray seats, the, the, all like 80% of them are empty, empty. It looks like Miami. It doesn't look like yeah. Toronto. Mm-hmm. It looks like Miami, and that's not a good look.
2: It's not, and you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to insinuate too much, but uh, Philly made a big run early third quarter. Uh, I remember being at Game Two of the Finals uh, against the Warriors, and uh, the Warriors made a massive run after halftime. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's like, yeah, it's uh, insinuating a bit too far. No,
0: that's, those are facts. Uh, on, cause, like, causality, everything. That's those are facts, right there. Right?
2: Yeah, there's <laughs> there's something linear there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's talk some raps. Uh, Maddie. Uh, I don't have to do the existential dance. I know you're there. Uh, okay. Please, good sir, give me your most delicious raptors sting. You're listening to Confederacy of Dunks or whatever. This isn't like a Confederate flag podcast, is it? Oh, raptors. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs>
1: Who was that? Guys, that was David Spade.
2: David Spade oh yeah, yeah very, very very like that's a very current reference thanks for the <laughs> thanks for a cameo? David
1: Spade. oh I've got connections okay. too they all have they all have uh off-season homes and new markets so I run into them all the time here
2: right yeah a lot of vacationers you know the people who can't go to Muskoka you head on down to Market. <laughs> is that York
0: region? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you the got it. of York region is what
3: they call it. Did, did, did uh, well, you say David Spade is a current reference? <laughs> no, I just I'm just making fun of
2: Matt because oh, okay. uh, he clearly found a website um where you could take celebrities' voices, but I mean it's it's not really celebrities that people know anymore. <laughs> all all celebrities ever hot in the 90s.
1: Yeah. But, um,
2: <laughs> all jokes aside, oh, check Rob out. Schneider just shoot me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> check, check, check out.
2: Just shoot me with Brian Posehn. As well, I think. Good call.
0: Yeah. R.I.P. George Siegel. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cheers. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's dive right in here. Um, I mean, Zarrar, uh, I'm going to go to you first. Um, I guess you know we can get into the weeds as uh, as much or as little as we like, but. Sort of from a generic sense what uh, what was your favorite thing or you know, yeah, what was your favorite thing about this raptor season, and what was your favorite or was your least favorite thing?
3: well, I, I think the if if I had to pick like a a moment or or like a particular aspect of the season that mm-hmm. I think uh, was my favorite. And I think a lot of people will agree with me in this one. It's probably the surprise of Scotty Barnes uh, and uh, wh- what how he materialized into. Probably our playoff performer, which had the most nerves. So nobody really saw that one coming. Uh, I think um, now that you have the benefit of the whole season, uh, hindsight looks pretty obvious because the draft pick looks obvious because Masai had no secret about going into a length and strength 6'9 athletic Mm -hmm. lineup. So Scotty Barnes made a lot of sense. Uh, even though the draft reaction to his pick was, it's on our YouTube channel. It's it's one of our most popular videos of this year. Oh my God! Reacting Mustang. to the Scotty Barnes pick, we had a draft party. It was, uh, you know, you, you, you can you can probably anticipate what what the reaction was. So watching him sort of develop, hit the rookie wall and then recover post all-star break. Cause a lot of rookies in January, February sort of slow down because that's when the college season usually ends for them and they hit a physical wall. So to see Scotty climb through that and become stronger as the season progressed, I don't think I've seen that in a Raptor rookie for quite some time. Mm. Maybe I'll have to go back to, I don't know, way back uh, to see that kind of like acceleration and development that late in the season. So he was clearly my, um, my most favorite thing that happened Uh, in, in terms of least, I, I don't know if I have a least favorite. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy the Raptors getting sort of bit by the same bug that bit them against the Celtics. Uh, mm. you, you remember Fred Van Vliet, uh, Jason Tatum matchup really killed us in that entire yeah. series. We got exploited uh, big time by their height, their backcourt height advantage. And I thought a little bit of that happened against Philly as well uh, in, in some of the games. So uh, I, I didn't like seeing the Raptors sort of succumbed to the same problem. I know it's not the exact same problem, right. but similar problems in both series, sort of two years apart. That, that was sort of hard to stomach. But once you once you digest the fact that you had very little expectations going into the season, and this was a bridge year, it was never supposed to be a contention year, mm-hmm. and it ended up being sort of that, but not really, I think you have to be uh, happy with the with what's going on. And I'll throw in that another surprise. I think a lot of people were, were critical of uh, Masai Ujiri at the deadline last year for not shipping Kyle Lowry. Mm -hmm. They thought they could have gotten more at the deadline for him. I never want to speculate and see what was on the the table, what was not on the table. But people weren't happy with how the Lowry trade materialized. And now seeing Precious Achua become the player he has, you sort of have to say that that trade, let's see how far Miami gets in the postseason, but that trade sort of looks pretty good for the Raptors right now
2: so many good points. Um, You know, uh, I've said before that, that, that Lowry non deal is an, is an elite non move. It's an elite non move. Um There was so much pressure. Kyle said, you know, sort of goodbye, I guess, after the nuggets game and yeah, Masai's patience sort of just, and, and Bobby's patience like, trumps all like, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a through line of this franchise. And, you know, as someone who, became like a seasoned seat holder and I guess like more of a hardcore during the Brian Colangelo era. I just, I don't miss any type of reactionary front office and it's so cool to have a guy like Messiah who's cool under pressure. And um, you know, obviously there was a moment where, where when him and Precious met and he, a a bit facetiously was like your home sort of thing. And Precious was like, finally. And, yeah, I think he—it's—it's it's, uh, precious is somebody he believed in, and you know, also to your your point with Scotty, uh, I, I watched the nurse uh, presser from two days ago, and you know, he sort of said like this guy just didn't have a lot of twenty-year-old moments. So yeah, Scotty, I mean, I think if that's everyone's answer, I'm, I'm not going to be too surprised. But uh, Alan, where where are you at? Um, oh, let, let me also just say. Yeah, like least favorite's almost like a, a force part of this question because I, but you know, I think we got a good answer from Zarrar, so I'm, I'm glad I asked it. But yeah, uh, least favorite and favorite Raptors uh, thing of the season.
0: Yeah, well, I think Zarrar hit like a lot of different points that like, I, I really do agree about just about the season. And, um, yeah, just not to to fully go over it, but like I, I truly believe when it's a year where it's like there's no real expectation of what this team could be. And we're just kind of in this rebuilding phase. Everything that was positive was gravy. But one thing that really stood out to me, especially through the whole season, was the resiliency of this team and this kind of next man up kind of mentality that kind of uh, permeated from coach down to the 10th player. Like seeing Malachi Flynn get some minutes and you know get the confidence, get the touches that he really needed and see the ball go in the net and to see the confidence with him and see the things that he can actually do was great. Seeing Precious kind of figure it out. Scotty Barnes was great to watch. Uh, even those small she moments like just anything like that, just the idea that this whole team really built into this idea. And there is some type of uh, winning culture within the Raptors franchise. The fact that, mm-hmm. you know, expectations are so low, but yet they, they did so much because they all believed in the same kind of thing. And uh, it was great to see. It was a, a fun season to watch uh, Scotty Barnes, you know, I'm I'm so happy he's on my team right now. This guy is looking like Magic Car- uh, Magic Johnson incarnate, like a young version of him, uh, and it's great to watch. Um, and least favorite, I think it's uh, you know through what we didn't have, seeing the things that we're kind of missing, and that's not on on the team itself, but just because we didn't have you know necessarily um, the amount of arsenal three point shooters to kind of keep up with a, a Philadelphia a Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So now we have to do these like kind of I don't know. Uh, kind of chaotic kind of messes when it comes down to like the last five seconds of the shot clock, just seeing that kind of stagnation kind of happen here and there. I kind of wish we could have addressed it, but I understand, you know, limitations as far as what was kind of going on through the season. So I hope each player kind of takes that to task when it comes to the off season and kind of, you know, work that three in and, and, you know, play and believe in themselves a little bit more. So we don't have uh, situations where we're just kind of, you know, bogged down with the idea of just like, uh, I guess we just watched this person, do a little bit of an ISO for a little bit, you know, just mm-hmm. a little bit more, you know, three point shooting. And that's, that's essentially it. Um, and Chris Boucher, man, he made me eat my words at that last game of the season. He knew what he was exactly what he was doing. You know, he's going through a contract, you know, he wants to get those big numbers, but good on him for really stepping up that last game and really showing out and not quitting whatsoever. So good on him.
3: Hey, I'm a big Boucher fan, and I, I'll add to that. You know, I've uh, always loved the guy, and I the reason that I love the guy is because Andrew Damlin, who's the 905 reporter for Raptors Republic, does a great job. You know, he, he's covered Chris Boucher throughout the G League, and he he always tells he he told me a couple of times that you know one of the hardest working, no fear guy in the g league did not back down from anybody bigger than him more experienced than him didn't matter this guy stood up to everything and 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 to your point alan he had a great game in a contract a great season in a contract season but did you ever feel that he sort of played out of his element maybe early on in the year a little bit but more more or less he played in the contract year within the team context and a lot of a lot of a lot of players kind of go rogue in their contract year this guy stayed on point throughout yeah,
2: I, I mean, and and that's even after proving he can score a bunch in in the you know mm-hmm. the famous Tampa Tank year. Uh, I think I, at one point in the season, Fred Fred said, you know, e- uh, even if um, even if Chris's numbers aren't the same, like he's contributing to the team in such a a more meaningful way. And yeah, Chris was one of the guys who you know he got a, a hard knock from Embiid, and he kind of grabbed his ankle, and Embiid turned around and he got in his face, like. Chris is legitimately not afraid of anyone and he's a pleasure. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say that I kind of got lost at some point in the season and, you know, wanted some shooting and I sort of assumed that Chris was our path to getting more shooting. I thought maybe it was like a a tragic Chris package or something like that, but I'm really happy. We didn't trade him. Uh, I hope we, we resign him. And um, yeah, I'll say for me, I think that my favorite thing about the year, is it just seems like every young person that came onto the team, Precious, Delano, Champagne, um, uh, obviously Scotty, like they're just, they're all great and they all sort of have so much promise. <laughs> and I think if you really kind of let some of the patience of Masai and Bobby run through you, maybe you can trust a bit that these guys are going to put the work in uh they're going to come back better shooters maybe not like you know maybe Scotty's not going to be a good three point shooter next year but there's there's a there's a path there's a trajectory that other players have taken on this team and um i think you know we should ex- expect internal improvement obviously we're going to you know go out and see what we can get as well but uh yeah i mean my my least favorite thing and i was thinking about going the minutes route uh with Nurse but i've harped on that so much and I feel like I've seen seen the other side a little bit just because, I don't know, like, you know, when you overplay certain guys, you then allow other guys to come in and have a more significant role. So I think perhaps, you know, I, I've called uh, Nurse, uh, you know, I, I've said before he has uh, shades of Tibbs and shades <laughs> of uh, D'Antoni where you overplay your guys. And yeah, I'm walking that back a little bit, but, you know, this isn't a direct, like, call out of the fans necessarily, but I think I've been more involved in Raptors Twitter this year Mm -hmm. than I ever have been. And I think it's, it's just a little bit frustrating. I guess like maybe this is a difference between being like an analyst and uh, you know, like a hardcore fan versus being like a a passive fan, but some of the knee jerk stuff, it's just so frustrating to, you know, like game one, people want to move on from Pascal and I don't know. It's, it's frustrating, I guess. Like they, these guys give so much for the team and they've bought in so hard. So if you're, if you're having a nuanced approach to critique, fair enough. But if you're just really like, uh, you know, a guy has a bad month or a bad game and you're going for the jugular, it's just tough to watch. I don't know. Maybe I'm too attached to the personalities on the team and it's a, it's basketball, so I should chill. But,
0: um, no, I, don't I agree. The, the, I love Raptors Twitter. I love uh, engaging. It's funny. Now it's, it's, su- it's super funny. And there's some like super thoughtful, amazing, wonderful, hilarious people on it. And I think as a fan base kind of grows over time, you know, you have a championship with the North campaign, all these different things. You become more of a big tent kind of team and you kind of bring in a mm-hmm. lot of people. And a lot of the, you know, people forget the word fan, is fanatic. And I think a lot of times a lot of different fanatic people come in there with their, their I don't know, their handle like Scotty Barnes for life, whatever. And then they just like kind of, have four followers and then are always tweeting negative things to every other fan base and knee jerk reactions to like certain players at like playing for a little bit. So it's a very interesting, I don't know, microcosm of the, it is, yeah. the world or I don't know. It's just uh it's an interesting place to be. <laughs>
2: yeah, it is. I, I feel like maybe I'm a, a bit new to that, uh, you know, engaging in that way. But um, Alan, let's stick with you for question number two and yeah, I sort of, I mean, we've touched on some of this stuff, but um, yeah, what do you kind of want from the front office, like based on that playoffs? Like, obviously, you know, you can't, you know, you, we don't want the front office to be like, we're playing Philly uh, next year, and that's the only team we need to prepare for, right? Because that's obviously a little bit short sighted. But, you know, going back to uh, Zarar's point early on, like, I think we saw some of the same backcourt struggles uh, in the playoffs. And I think, you know, shooting is obviously an issue. But, uh, yeah, what do you take from that series? forward i guess for the team
0: um yeah it's kind of my, my point before yeah they're just kind of missing uh just maybe a spot up shooter or even just set up plays to help different players because sometimes it felt like late game clock trying to find out who can put the ball up and then a quick toss to og and he throws it for a three and And after that, we just don't even have a rebounding to go back on So it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of three. It's a little bit of uh, big man presence in the key and just getting rebounds, whether it's offensive or defensive. Uh, The way the Raptors played during that, that series, you know, the first, like I think we all kind of forget, like we were literally one precious free throw away from game seven. So it was, it was just so close. It was so close. And just a couple different changes, of, my new changes like here and there would really kind of affect this team going forward. And I think a matchup of having somebody as big and powerful as Embiid really kind of showed kind of the holes that we have there. Because yes, we could uh, swarm you with our six, nine players with long arms and long length. But guess what? We give up you know, these different these um, options and threes. And we don't have to be as... Uh, attacking like you know white blood cells on type of like a, uh, a foreign substance in the body if we had somebody that can just give them like you know I can, I can hold this person for two back downs and then we can start you know crashing on this person after the second dribble as opposed to as soon as they catch it and that kind of changes the offense because your rotations kind of pick up from there because now this person's not late on there and that person's not late over there and that doesn't open to like a danny green three or tobias Harris three in the corners and just be able to adjust that stuff there so we can have like 0.5 seconds shape 0.5 seconds off of each possession when it comes to like how how hard we swarm our players and how how we do our rotations would do like uh like i don't know amazing things w- when it comes to you know going down the stretch next season and how many more wins that we could possibly get but to be honest you know i'm i'm very patient with this team i'm very patient with this team and i i, I trust in messiah i'll be honest there was a little doubt that one second I, I was really high on Jalen Suggs. I was watching a lot of the stuff. I watched him as he played in thing. But you know what? I he, was awesome he was awesome for Gonzaga. Like you know, he's great. He was awesome, and I it, it took me like <laughs> it took me like I think like two hours or an hour to just like watch a bunch of the Scottie Bar stuff. I'm like, okay, I see what he's saying. I see what yeah. he's saying. I see yeah. what's going on here. I'm gonna trust him there. So I'm not gonna be completely up, be out there and be like I, I knew Scottie Barr was gonna be this player, but um, I trust him the side. I trust him the team. And I'm not like a 76ers fan who's going to say, trust the process for 13 years and <laughs> only come away with a second round exit. So I'm a little different from them, but uh, anyway, shade shade. Yeah. So yeah, a little shade, a <laughs> little
3: shade, no worries.
2: Um, Hey, I, I wanted Suggs too. I kind of wanted them to trade up for, uh, Evan Mobley. Um, but, uh, I just like refrained from putting anything online. Uh, and, and as soon as we drafted Scotty and, and, you know, he was like, I don't know what he, the pre-draft ranking was, but I think it was like six or seven. So it wasn't that like, it wasn't as much of a Bruno, uh, you know, we don't talk about Bruno, but like it, it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a, a Bruno thing as, as right away I was like, people are freaking out here. Um, but, uh, you know, shout out Sean Woodley of uh, Locked On uh, Raptors because he he had um, the head coach, uh, forgetting his name for uh, for Florida, and uh, the way he talked about Scotty, you know, was was pretty special. Like it's mm-hmm. I, th- there was a lot of stuff in that podcast early on where I was like, oh wait a second, this guy like you know hugs everyone at the beginning of the day and like yeah. is, has more energy than everyone. He's just he's a he's a special player, and I think. Yeah. That's exciting. And I feel like, um, that, that basically showed up right away.
0: Uh, yeah, it's hard to quantify a winning element or a winning DNA kind of thing in somebody like you, you can see it in the scoreboard as far as like points, rebounds, assists, but there's something about that glue guy that brings everyone together. Where as far as energy or the little things they do, whether it's the extra help, it's hard to quantify that. And Scotty Barnes has it in droves and It's kind of like a Draymond green esque player where once you see them on the court, what they do, how they, you know, call plays on defense and offense and just bring up the intensity for everybody else. It's, it's, it's a wonder to have on your team.
2: Yeah. Draymond was the early comparison for me too. But when I, when I started seeing Scotty, I mean like, obviously, you know, he's getting compared to all sorts of guys now, Giannis, uh, Mm -hmm. Scotty Pippen, magic Johnson, pretty good, pretty good comps. I think, um, but, you know, he's also his own player, too, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, uh, Zarar, where where are you at? Um, you know, I guess, yeah, you, you touched on it a little bit, but, um, you know, what are you wanting from the front office? Not Not just as a result of this playoff series, but, like, seeing this team play six games in the playoffs. And, again, you know, I will also throw out, like, Fred was injured and, you know, we had a lot of stuff going on, but um, yeah. Well, what are you hoping for? I guess.
3: Yeah. I I think injuries you can discount. I think injuries happen to every team uh, and the the Raptors did well, to kind of push through as much as they can. I I think I agree with Alan that that three point shooting obviously is a, is a big concern. Uh, It's also because some of the three point shooters that we had on the bench didn't really materialize Utah being the main one. He was supposed to be that floor stretcher Mm -hmm. and that didn't really happen. And if you look at how the Raptors handled or didn't handle the Philly zone, that probably accentuated uh, just how problematic not having three-point shooting is, because as soon as you drop back, uh, a team can essentially force you to shoot threes, and if you can't make them, you're toast, which is what happened in that, you know, in that game six, unfortunately. But yeah. beyond that, uh, beyond the three-point shooting uh, and the handling of the zone, I'd say the Raptors have to decide kind of what kind of offense they're running because pick and roll um, is, is what the the most popular play in basketball it happens pretty much on every other possession mm-hmm. but the raptors rarely run it it's not a it's not a frequent um you know staple in their uh, in in their offensive diet and because they prefer to go into iso through siakam maybe use a high screen and go the other way but they don't actually run any proper pick and rolls with the guy rolling to the basket like like a lot mm-hmm. of other teams do and that's because they don't have really a, a, a big man finisher. Kem Burch sort of is the closest we have to that. And the best he can do is sort of do that little short, little hook, little push shot he has. Yeah. In the, the old the, Kem the, push. push. Yeah. yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's, not, that's not, I, I think you got to have a go-to pick and roll game or at least a above average pick and roll game to, 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 to have some success in this league. So the Raptors sort of have to maybe address that. And with that, I don't know how, how, a, a poor defensive rebounding team can survive in this league. Uh, maybe you can compensate through it through offensive rebounding or turnover generation. But is that a strategy that will win you four rounds in the postseason by being that poor for a defensive rebounding team? I don't know. And that kind of leads me to the to, to the whole point of hmm. this experiment that we have we are running with these six nine guys and no center. What are what, like? How, what have we learned from this experiment? Have we concluded that we don't need a big man in the middle? Or is the jury still out on that? I think the jury is still out on that a little bit. Definitely. So I would like to see the Raptors address. Uh, imagine if this team had JV on it. Like, just imagine for a second how, how, what a force this team would be without necessarily compromising all their advantages in, in, in the defensive set. So I, I think that's something the Raptors can probably look at just so they don't have to rely so much on forcing turnovers and so much on offensive rebounding because teams can tighten those two areas up. And that kind of dries out your offense.
2: Well said. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, you know, this team, it was, was sort of forced into creativity, but like there's there's almost like this gimmick element and it's fun and it's like nerdy and it's cool. But also there are some traditional aspects of basketball, like pick and roll, like shooting, like having a big man that are just useful, right? It, it, it matters. Like uh, I, I found myself uh, watching the the Memphis uh, G-State game the other night, just like looking at Jaron Jackson Jr. And I'm like, man, like that guy is so huge and he can <laughs> shoot the three and he's like so yeah. physically imposing. And, you know, I'd love to have him on a team. And yeah, you, you know, even a guy like JV or like just a more kind of, I mean, Jamie's interesting. I feel like he's always rode the wave of kind yeah. of like, I don't want to say lumbering big, but he's 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 riding this wave of like what basketball is and like sort of has made himself offensively, at least like extremely useful. Um, I mean, you know, Chris Paul,
0: sorry. The, the, the player that kind of fits that mold for me that gets me so excited is Miles Turner. I've been like wanting a Miles Turner, just a nice agile, big, long arms can like, chase down a three in the corner and also hit a three himself. Like some player like that would just fit just so nicely, you know, and he, and he loves social media. We love social media. Let's go. He likes Lego. (laughs) I don't know much about Lego, but I'll. Sure. Sure.
3: Bring in Lego talk. I'm into it. (laughs) The the Turner comment is, is interesting because he was uh, of interest at the deadline for the Raptors Mm -hmm. and they had, they had made, made some inquiries on him. Uh, And it kind of what Alan said earlier, you know, like this team is so sort of gelled together next man up attitude, a lot of positivity, no complaining whatsoever. And, and I thought the only negative against Turner was that he he was causing some locker room rumblings. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much the Raptors org tolerates that. Maybe you remember that one scene with Goran Dragic, however you say his name, where he was yeah. like barking orders in a huddle and everybody yes. was like looking at him like, dude, just sit down. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need this. We, we don't need a lecture. We know what we're doing. 100%. 100% I like, yeah. n- n- necessarily like that personality I don't, have, I'm, I don't I'm not saying I know this for, for sure but I think that's where the friction returner was I had preferred Rashawn Holmes who thought who I thought mm-hmm. would have been would have been a decent fit but I, I think that was sort of unattainable
2: yeah I, I mean I, I wanted Holmes uh, big time in the summer and you know I think he went for like a 11 mil and that seemed like you know I had a lot of people in my ear sort of being like that was a massive miss. And like, I wasn't sure if it was like a massive miss or what, but like, I couldn't really, it was hard to defend what was going on after like, you know, Baines and Len and whatever happened there in Tampa. But I, you know, that was the beginning of this experiment. And um, yeah, you know, Zora, you brought up this, uh, this idea of the experiment. And I feel like uh, the jury is still very much out. And I think that, you know, just because we're trying something new and different doesn't mean we can't complement it with something traditional. So that's sort of where I am right now. And um, I think I've landed on like, I I just watching what Thaddeus Young did, did to this team. Like I like having a young core. I think it's important, but I I do feel like bringing in a vet that fits in can sort of speed up development. Like, you know, precious credited uh, uh, Thaddeus quite a bit for his own personal development. So yeah, I don't know who that guy is or what exactly he looks like or if he's 6'9 as well. But I do think that that is kind of like, I guess, what I want. Um, And I just assume that, well, what do we have? Like uh, we're going to have like the 33rd pick or whatever. I assume that player is going to be awesome. I don't know. At this point, point I'm like just spoiled as a fan. So I'm like, whatever guy we draft is going to be like 15 spots better than wherever he was supposed to go.
0: Yeah, but, is this is what San Antonio being a San Antonio Spurs fan feels like, you know, just knowing you're gonna get this like really nice light-skinned player who's gonna be so, so good in the second round. You're like, I don't even know who it's Kyle Anderson, I'll have fun with it. It's going to yeah, gonna be slow-mo. Uh, you know, <laughs> shut up,
3: slow-mo, doing some stuff. Um, you're great, man. Okay, yeah. let's uh let's yeah, Freddie. You mentioned earlier, like how you how you were you were you were, you know, you came on the you started you started going deep into the Raptors in the Calangelo era. So, you know, with some of the decisions there, with Capono, Fields, Klaza, Blue, uh, and these fun. knee-jerk reactions, wasting mid-level exceptions. Yes. And you compare that era to today where the, the amount of confidence you have in the front office is sky high? I, I think as, as a fan from that era, you especially appreciate some of the, some of the underpinning that Masai has provided. A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I, remember Masai even
2: coming in and, you know, I agreed with uh, the sentiment, but it was so like adamant about having a G league team and, you know, just like these foundational things, he was really, you know, it's not just Masai. I think like, you know, doing Casey pound the rock and like Lowry and DeMar and like, there was these yeah. foundational things that kind of like, I guess buoyed the culture we have now, but um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely feel spoiled as a as a as a fan of this team to to have such like confidence in the decision making, you know, to the point we were talking about earlier, like, yeah, I wanted Suggs. I wanted Mobley, whatever. We drafted somebody else. And I was like, you're right, for sure. Um, I just, you know, read a bunch of draft articles and. I didn't watch these guys in the gym. I didn't work them out. Like, I don't have your, you know, metrics and stats and, you know, everything. Like, I don't have a whole team of people on it. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just like, a you know, an observer, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, let's dive into some NBA stuff. Uh, hey, Maddie, yeah, I got to get credit
3: Tim Laiwiki. Tim Laiwiki. Yeah. Yes. 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 I was- yes. Yes.
2: Sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. Before I jump in, we always got to throw, like, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for lie wiki praise. Like this dude is just basically like, guess what? The MLS is good now. Or, or, or sorry, uh, the, the TFC is going to be good. Um, the Raptors, you get Masai. Uh, how about Shanahan for the Leafs? And, um, I guess, uh, let's star, diversify the food.
0: All yeah. star game uh well, and before then before the all-star game we got we got to meet him from below the heart when we we're talking to him right he was like the core culture of toronto was shit it was shit we're gonna change that and i was like i've never been spoken to like this this is amazing i believe you you know even asking questions about all-star weekend he's like trust me like first he said well maple leaf sports what's the first word of maple leaf sports And i'm like maple Leafs. he's like there you go and he was like talking about different things that he wanted to change part of the culture and this guy sent everything in motion and i got to give him props for two so sorry yo Good call yeah. out on that one. Good
2: call. And and also, like, I, I, it's one of those rumored things, but it's so funny to me that he came in and just was like, ding, ding, ding. Everything's going to be good now. And uh, his wife was like, I don't like the Toronto weather. And he's like, ta-ta.
0: I'll see you guys later. Yeah. And then like, Mary Poppins. It's so <laughs> wild. Like,
2: he just took off. And he was like, honestly, I wish I could stick around for the championships. But, like, you guys enjoy those. Uh, I'm going to go, like, you know, whatever, chilling
0: that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion BlueNile.com
2: okay let's uh let's talk some MBA uh Maddie my dude please give me your uh, your weirdest <laughs> yeah you they're getting weirder so give me your, <laughs> your whatever weird website you found uh give me that sting
3: final answer Confederacy of dunks wants to talk some NBA.
2: yep um not David Spades <laughs> okay i feel like the the celebrities are getting uh even less relevant and more obscure um (laughs) who's that That steve harvey steve harvey okay (laughs) okay (laughs) shout out steve harvey um he said final answer he's doing the feud (laughs) thank you that's a that's a personal shout out
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) listen feud starting in august i'm the warm-up guy please come out uh, it's a fun show. I'll, uh, I'll warm you up. I'll give you some family feud socks if you're loud enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, shout out Jerry D. Uh, he's hilarious. Um, okay. Uh, Maddie, uh, come on in. Um, this is our, our sort of silly question. I don't know what kind of answers we're going to get today because uh, I mean, it's a very real concept. Players do podcasts. You got uh, uh, JJ Reddick, you got Danny green, you got Draymond green. Um, And yeah, after the, uh, I guess, debatable flagrant two, uh, depending on what angle you saw uh, in that uh, in that Warriors game, uh, Draymond uh, hit the pod world and sort of, you know, told his perspective. But uh, yeah, it just got my mind thinking like, what player, you know, doesn't have a podcast? What player do you want to have a podcast? And like, what's the vibe? What's the name? Let's uh, let's start with you, uh, Alan.
0: Uh Yeah, so it's, it's got to be Draymond's homeboy, Kevin Durant. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be called the Burner Report. Yes. And yes. he's going to just take in calls and just cuss people out, like mid-game too. Like halftime, he's just like talking to people, cussing them out. It's like, Katie, shouldn't you be like thinking about exes and others? Like, fuck you, next caller. And he just keeps going on. <laughs> and it's just just angry, spiteful, you know, a little bit over <laughs> the edge. But I like that about him. I like how he doesn't yeah. have to do this at all, but he's still like, – I remember during the summer, there was like a Toronto uh, uh, Twitter space, and he was in there. He was in there. What was he doing in there? (laughs) He's a multimillionaire NBA player. He didn't have to be there to defend himself, but he did. And I like that about him. He's petty. So, Tom Petty for the win. I got to give it to Kevin (laughs) Durant.
2: Shut up. Yeah. So, is he multiple characters, or is he just like plain face KD? Like, it's like KD unmasked. Like, is that what's, or is there like, is there many different personalities? Like,
0: there's. Four different guests are, host, oh, sorry, and they're all Kevin Durant, but just yeah. different accounts. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of them's like... Mustache uh, Katie, <laughs> just French Katie. He's got a baguette. It's amazing. It's one of like, just, we know uh, that's you, Katie. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: One of them is just um, trust a caller. It's like a, it's a Colangelo character. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a that's a deep uh, Colangelo gate <laughs> reference. My bad. Um, okay, uh, Zarrar, who's your, uh who's your... Uh, player you want to see podcast uh. no, I, I
3: I don't I, I, man this is a tough one because I actually was going to go with KD too but I want him to interview his uh, fake accounts <laughs> <laughs> I want the other person to be the fake account that he was pretending to be as he's interviewing I thought that, that I think that would make some great content but I couldn't come up with a player I, I so uh, recently I'm watching the Lakers documentary on uh, Crave mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are watching that one. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And I, I thought the guy that we have we haven't really heard much from over the last ever really is Pat Riley. He's been a staple of this league for so mm-hmm. long, but rarely do you see in-depth Pat Riley interviews. And if you look at the history of the of this guy, Lakers, the Nick years, you have the Heat years as mm-hmm. executive, as coach, prior to that, as a player. I generally would love to see what what this guy's view is of the league and how it has changed over time because mm. it, what, what's impressive about Riley is that unlike Phil Jackson, who was a great coach, but a crappy exec, crappy executive in New York, mm-hmm. Pat Riley sort of has stood the test of time in multiple roles and multiple eras, so he, he sort of has some knowledge and and, uh, and a perspective that I think is quite unique. Uh, he, 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 cause he, you, you see some coaches that have been around forever, like Don Nelson coach for like the longest time, didn't really win much, but Riley has been more or less at the top of his game for, I can't think of a, of a more accomplished executive than, than Pat Riley right now. Maybe, um, Buford in, uh, in San Antonio mm-hmm. was, was that for a while, but Riley's a guy that I would love to, uh, you know, hear more from.
2: Yeah, that's, a, I think Riley's a really, really interesting figure that's sort of in the background. We've all heard like, you know, he puts rings on the table sort of thing. Uh, maybe that's the name of the pod, rings on the table. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's also like, yeah, he's, he's a really, really interesting figure. And like we were talking about like non-moves earlier and. I was so convinced that uh, when when Eric Spolstra struggled at the beginning of like the heat years that it was like, okay, here comes Riley. like that you yeah. know he's gonna fire Spo and he's gonna come in. but he didn't. And Spo just sort of become this like amazing. I mean, he I guess he always was, but like he he also had the vision to let
3: him grow, which I, I thought was really cool. Um, and and yeah. also I mean, you know, no, no matter what you think of the of the move. Uh Riley was innovative in the sense that he he constructed the first kind of like big three team with, Bos- with Bosch with bosh LeBron, and Wade. I think prior to that it was sort of not unthinkable, but rare to see uh a star kind of join another star who's mm-hmm. who they have been rivals with in the past. Can you imagine like Jordan joining like Clyde Drexler or something like that in, in his era? But Riley orchestrated that setup, right, with the Jermaine O'Neal contract with the Rappers involved there as well, and then yep. that setup, And then Bosh, LeBron, and Wade happened, and that was the start of the super team era. So beyond just innovation on the basketball court, he, he's introduced innovation in the front office. Totally,
2: and you know, and also like taking guys in their prime, like you know, we've we've known about you know whether it's like Garnett, Allen, and Pierce, like guys that are sort of nearing not nearing the end, but like their 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 winning window is is kind of starting to close. He he got these guys together like in in such a way that was like, hey, you can win. You know, yeah, you know, there's obviously the famous thing like not one, not two, whatever. But like they, they went to four straight finals. So and then LeBron <laughs> left. And was still very good and still is very good. So I think, um, yeah, but Pat Riley, is, he's, he's, he's kind of like a, a ghost of sorts in the NBA. Like, I'd, I'd love to hear more from from him, see more from him. Um, Matty, who's your, who's your podcast figure, a player, front office, whatever? What, what's the vibe of the pod?
1: Well, you know, this person already has a podcast, but I would like to reboot it. And that's Danny Green. Now, stay with me here. His co-host is going to be Nardwar. If, he, if you know who Nardwar is.
2: Yeah, I, know, I, know, was, I know some Nardwar. He's he well-connected.
1: We you know, he can get good guests. He'll get, like, amazing hip-hop guests. But I want it to be kind of like a Hot Wings type of show, but with <gasps> Danny's okay. Snakes. So it starts with, like, a, he puts, like, a snake on you. Hot Nardwar, not hot snakes, yeah. <laughs> Nardbar asks you some questions. He brings out <laughs> records and weird things about your life. And the snakes keep getting bigger and bigger as it goes on. Sure. And, you know, you got to sure. see how far you can go before you're, like, get the snake off of me. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> so that's pretty good. If you have snake adorable. phobia, don't sign up for the pod. Or, yeah. Uh,
1: and, you know, the video portion would be fantastic. And I think the audio portion, if you're just listening to it on a podcatcher, would be terrifying in its own way. Just trying sure to luck. guess, like, how big are these snakes? So uh, I think they'd be a great team. I think uh, you'd get Snoop Dogg, like, all the time because he loves Nardwar. So uh, <laughs> and they're both really nice guys. Uh, I think they would
2: have good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think you get the award for the busiest idea. <laughs> Uh, I, i'm just picturing it's like logistics. the logistics the hot ones there's like hissing in the mic <laughs> you know there's lots of crackling uh i think yeah it's, it's good stuff and you know for the snake lovers shout out snake lovers yeah. um i think they they get a major kick out of it
0: uh uh i want to be- snake what's or? that the grassy snake or regular snake what snake are we doing here
2: uh oh yeah is it is it is it snake oh. the
1: it's, yeah. <laughs> Snake from Degrassi. Yes. Yeah, what's, what, what's d- their band? The,
0: the Zit oh. Remedy? Zit Remedy. Yeah. Good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a good trivia that. question and good trivia name team right there.
2: Yeah. I was going to say the pimple <laughs> remedy and I was like, that ain't it. Um, uh, yeah. I'm going to go a bit Homer on this. Uh, I just think OG is really funny and I think, early on in his career uh, sort of like, I I think maybe maybe it's because of Kawhi. There was this idea that like, he was sort of like, you know, unaware of how funny he is. And I think that's like a total misread of OG. I think he's, there's a Gen Z element for sure. And, you know, like almost like soft troll element we saw with the, you know, uh, I put you on scarves with, uh, with Serge, but I, I just feel like, OG, you know, he sure he could talk basketball, but I think he could also just basically have anyone on and, and vibe with them. And it would be a really entertaining time. Uh, and um, I think the podcast, like I, I, was, I was mostly thinking about the name. It would be called the OG pod. And I think that's just that's just a nice pod name. So that, that's where my idea mostly starts and ends so
0: you went name first and worked your way back
2: yeah you know what I mean content later um (laughs) if Matt gets the award for the the busiest idea I get the award for (laughs) just simplest idea that maybe uh you know is uh not wanted so much but um okay let's uh let's wrap this up with the last question here uh Zarrar I'm gonna go to you um and um yeah, I, I, after I wrote this question, I was kind of like, oh, no, I think I think this might be a super obvious answer type thing. But uh, I really feel like this, uh, you know, post Raptors G-State, uh, there, we're kind of in this era, era where we're seeing a lot more parity in the NBA. Uh, I think the Warriors were special. Uh, what LeBron was doing for a long time was special. And it seems like, you know, I I don't think since we've had a repeat finals, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's been two different teams every time. But uh, I do think that it's still like, you know, watching the first round, like all of the favored seeds won and, you know, no series even went to seven. So I think basketball is kind of remains. As a sport, where not it's not it's not like it's predictable, but I think with the volume of reps, sort of thing, like the best team usually does win. Uh, so yeah, with all that meandering preamble, uh, in the second round, uh, is there is there a like who's the most likely upset?
3: I, I think the answer is pretty obvious that if, yeah. if there's going to be one, it's probably going to be Boston uh, trumping Milwaukee. I think because uh, all the other series aren't really uh, that that that's significant. But the parity is an interesting thing. I, I think the reason, well, one of the reasons it, the league has become more competitive uh, is that all the luxury tax rules, salary tax rules, they sort of take a, take a little bit of time to come into effect. You can introduce them, you know, at a particular point in time, but their effects won't be seen until like three to four years when contracts renew and and mm-hmm. things happen. So I think we're seeing that now. And, and, and there's more, there's more, I've also seen that there's more incentive for players to stick around than just go test the market every time, mm. just because the financials aren't as, um, you know, brighter on the other side that there's more, they're more incentivized to stick where they are. Uh, and, you know, the luxury taxes help penalize teams who would otherwise spend and sign even players on top. So I think that has helped and added uh, and introduced some parity. I thought the first round was pretty competitive and pretty enjoyable overall. Uh, even though there weren't any upsets, I thought most of the series were good basketball. Like the Minnesota-Memphis mm-hmm. series, I loved. Uh, like e- even the Denver-Golden State series, which which went in five, I, th- I thought that was. They had some close games in there too. Uh, the East was fun. Obviously, the Raptors. Uh, e- even the, in the even the five game series that the Bucks won against the Bulls. The Bulls could have really s- stolen another game there, but it's DeMar, so he will you know kind of choke in the playoffs. So we kind of knew that. <laughs> Uh, I, so even though, so my, my point is that even though we did not see the upsets that that mm-hmm. you're referring to, I still thought the games were competitive enough, and it made for a better first round experience than than it has been in the past. I
2: th- I think so too, and like you know, a, a, a bunch of good points there. I feel like um, you know, what like one thing that you know I feel like history sometimes washes away is like a there can be a competitive sweep or gentlemen sweep like you know that that boston uh brooklyn series there was a couple i mean really really tight games and, yeah. and boston sort of has uh, the gumption and um you know coaching and just all around everything to to pull that out and they they did sweep them as the only sweep but you know there were some really really tight games uh obviously at the the Kyrie f-bombs and like there's just you know it was exciting like i i, I should also say like I, I i love the this era that we're in now and I think it's super exciting. And yeah, I want to touch also on your other point. Like, I think that the, this luxury, um, you know, the l- luxury cap and everything, it's, it is is having a great effect on the NBA. And I think there's also like an international element. You know, you got Jokic, you got Giannis. And and maybe this, this old idea that every single player wants to go to Miami, LA or New yeah. York, maybe it's, you know, it's probably still true for American players, but I think it's kind of, I don't know. The lines are getting a bit blurred. Um, I for I one agree. love that the Raptors have an international uh, team and um, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time of the NBA. Although I, I do want to say, I, I thought uh, with the, with the Warriors being the three seed, I thought that was the obvious answer. So I'm really glad you said Boston because I, I thought we we're going to get a bunch of like everyone saying warriors here, but
3: um, yeah. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Oh, the, the Warriors, they they're playing um... Memphis. Who's the second seed. Oh, I guess. I, I, yeah, I guess. But, but also, on. I mean, you know, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Boston's a more
2: interesting answer for sure. Exactly, because like you know, with Curry being, uh, that's what I'm saying. When I wrote this question, I was kind of like, ah, oh, like this might be like not interesting actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Boston is a more interesting answer. Uh, and I, I think you know, after that first game, I was, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big Giannis fan, so I think Giannis is good enough to kind of. Get it done, but Boston's an incredible team and uh, you know, they're exciting. But um, Alan, where where are you at? Like, what's the most likely upset? And you know, feel free to touch on anything we said too.
0: I'm just so shocked that you gave so many compliments to the Boston Celtics in quick succession. I know, uh, Freddie. I, I know, don't know who you've I, I, become. I've <laughs> changed. Okay, I've changed. Person who's just going to talk about facts. I don't like it. Listen, Brad
2: Stevens Uh, isn't the coach anymore. So I feel like, you know, they're a bit more enjoyable.
0: (laughs) My peak is still on that city. Uh, I love winning times uh, exploration of Boston garden, but um, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, to me mentally to go two, three upset, because like, as far as like upset, it it, 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 it brings the idea of like um, expectation and two, three, I feel like the ball bounces so many different ways. And that's really why those, these players have, you know, or that those two teams are in those positions. So I can't clearly say saying Golden State over, you know, Memphis being an upset because I'm like, to be honest, maybe they should be the second seed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but 4-1, I think, is where you can start maybe saying this might be a situation where it can happen. So I want to gravitate maybe to those kind of, um uh those series. And the 76ers one, I think it would be such a statement on James Harden's career for him to be missing Joel Embiid for, you know, three, two games. And for him to kind of, you know, steal one from the 76ers and for, you know, that third quarter, I almost like, Oh dang, maybe, or the second quarter, it seemed like it. And then, you know, he just kind of disappeared in the, in the second half. So maybe something interesting there would be kind of fun to watch, even though I do want to see 76ers fans complain on Twitter. That's going to be so much fun for me when that happens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, moving over to the, uh, the West. Yeah. I, uh, as much as I, you know, I love my Phoenix sons. I, I love Devin Booker. I love Mikael Bridges, CP three. I'm happy for that entire team, but man, that fourth quarter, they could not buy a bucket. And if, uh, uh, Dallas, once again, big if, if Dallas can shoot the way they shot that ball, if Maxi Cleva can shoot the way he shot that ball. Uh, and they can, you know, find that open guy in that corner three, uh, to hit those shots as as, as, as much as they did, even though, um, uh, Phoenix was, you know, withstanding that, that could be a very interesting series to watch and, and if that goes to seven and the ball bounces and Luca finally goes to his his, um, his first Western Conference finals, I think that's a huge stamp once again on his career. So either way, I think it's it's not um, – the expectation is there for the one seed to kind of take over, but I'm not completely ruling out that the four seeds in either conference can actually take on the first seed. And,
3: and, and I think the only series that I did not really enjoy watching or lost interest in was Miami-Atlanta. But even in that series, the the, the way they shut down Trey Young was something to uh, was something to admire. And if I can make a prediction, I I think even, you know, this is going to be Golden State versus Milwaukee. It seems like Uh, it seems like that's where this is going. Mm -hmm. And the rest is a bit of a formality. And uh, so that might make for some boring basketball just because you kind of know how it's going to end. But I still think the act of getting there will still provide us some some good entertainment.
2: For sure, yeah. Um, a friend of the podcast, uh, Matt McCready, does like a, a finals bracket, and um, yeah, my my pick was Golden State, Milwaukee. I think I have Milwaukee winning it all again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, lots of good points, guys. I feel like there, there's this. Uh, who is the underdog? Is sort of, you know, it almost gets like washed away too, like with injuries, right? Um, I was, I was sort of surprised how every you know like just reading like you know internet stuff like how everyone was like yeah Miami for sure no problem just because I feel like there's like Philly has they have stuff like they have talent and I don't know Max, I think
0: don't I, play with Maxie do not Max, play with Maxie.
2: Maxie was awesome man he's like a yeah. just like a, a bursting like roadrunner style like you know speed of speed right like you see it in mm-hmm. all sports um but uh yeah who can actually pull it off I think there's, yeah, there's arguments for everyone. I feel like there's some stuff there with Dallas just because the way Luca can read the game, it's almost like they, they need something to happen with Phoenix. And and I think Phoenix is such a well-oiled machine, but you know, you take somebody out of that and maybe they're, a Little less well oiled, and maybe I'm just discounting Phoenix because they had such an
3: incredible regular season. So, but uh, yeah, let me, I'm, let me kind ask of you guys a question. My own question. Yeah, sorry, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, you, you mentioned Maxi, uh, that's just a hypothetical came to mind. Would you guys rather have uh, remember the Kyle Lowry trade we talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather have Maxi or Precious on the team? I've thought about this because Maxi was one of the guys that we were trying to, Maxi.
2: Maxie. Maxie, really, Alan? Yeah,
3: yeah. Man, I'm going Maxi. Well,
0: Just because okay. I saw him up close in that, that playoff, and he... I wouldn't say... Yeah, I would say he outperformed uh, Precious, even though Precious had a couple of good games. I think consistently... Max type of player that you can, it's not even about how many points you score. It's just about when you score those points and those like kind of dramatic points that kind of turn the tides and, and run, stop, run, start runs. And he's really good at that. He's really good at just not seeing what the scoreboard saying and just doing what he needs to do in that moment to kind of get the point for his team. And he's yeah, he's money.
2: Yeah. It's uh if you ask me like early in the, you know, because I was pretty high on Precious, like er, like early on, you know, a, a classic, like I'm just a trust in Messiah guy. And when we got Precious, I was excited. I watched some of his uh, Nigeria highlights and he was bringing up the ball, popping threes. He was doing what we saw in that, you know, that euphoric Philly regular season game at the end. He was doing that for Nigeria. And, it, you know, it looks I was like, wow, this guy is absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, going back to Pat Riley, I think that was a big sticking point. You know, I'm just going off rumors here, right? But Pat Riley was like, I don't want to give you precious for Kyle. MSI is like, that's all I want. And you know, <laughs> then he waited and he waited and he got precious. So I think in that sense, I'm still on the precious side. However, Maxi is, yeah, you know, I said speed, right? But it's the three point shooting too. Like it's really, like he's quite a complete player, and thinking about him on this team next to Fred is is absolutely like man, the, we'd be a lot more dynamic. And you know, back to, next to or, Fred, next or, to Fred. Oh, oh, are you like, are, are you uh, a, are, are you thinking replacing Fred? Maxie? Oh,
3: I, 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 I think I would sort of lean towards Precious on that one because he fits the mold of what the Raptors are trying to do. But Maxi is not a wrong answer by any means. But I, I don't. I don't know about Maxie and Fred that backcourt Mm. becomes a little too small. small, I think for what the rappers may want to achieve.
2: Yeah. Which then, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth (laughs) here, but then I'm I'm fully back on the precious thing because uh, (laughs) I I love the Fred and Kyle combo, but I I was one of those people that I'm like, it just watching those two guys play. Of course they're fantastic. You know, they were, they shared the four so well together, but in that Boston series, like watching Jalen Brown, go up against guys that are like six or seven inches smaller than him. I'm like, this is, this is just tough. Like we, you know, you have to be big in basketball. So uh, I'll settle on this. Uh, I trust him Masai, And, and and I I mean, I'm all about precious. Like I think he has, I don't want to say defensive player of the year potential, but he really has like explosive defensive potential. And the, the amount of offense he developed in one season, you know, and under the Raptors tutelage was just like, beyond impressive so I'll, I'll stick with precious that's that's my answer on this one wait what, what about you zarar oh i said uh, i'd lean precious i'd lean precious. precious um cool well uh, guys uh, this has been such a fun episode like uh, i really appreciate both of you you know doing the pod and uh, it, it was a good one and to everyone who's been listening commenting supporting thank you so much we're having a great time here in raptors republic and uh mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll be back next week but um let me go to you first zarar what's up is there anything you want people to know about anything you you know feel like saying
3: uh nope, i got nothing i got nothing going on <laughs>
2: <laughs> but i love it hey you know what some some honesty is good like sometimes you're just chilling right yeah. um alan what, what's up what do you want to let people know what do you want to plug
0: uh you know it's always great getting a bacon show watch that on cbc gem or netflix for season four um brought you guys better bake long check that out wrap um you know, blow the hardwood if you guys uh, want to see uh, another basketball podcast it's a uh, freddie's been a guest on it many times great podcast. um it's a lot of fun and um yeah shoeless lewis on tiktok and shoeless lewis on twitch if you want to see me play some video games poorly but yeah there it is <laughs>
2: Sick. Well, I've played you in 2K, and you're you're pretty damn good. So. <laughs> or, or maybe I'm just not good at video games. Like those those
0: fourteen-year-olds online, uh, they, it's all they do, and yeah. it's hard to keep up sometimes. Like it's stupid. I'm playing FIFA now, and then you're like, Oh, year the fourteen-year-olds m- here, there,
3: muscle dexterity, man, can't beat that
0: yeah and i can't do the dribbles that they do i can i can <laughs> play some some good zones and i run it some nice plays i like that i go into the post i play like it's 2005 like it's in yeah. the post that's the yeah. game you
2: know we're we're old men and they're growing up in
3: the matrix okay i so, I, I, right? I i play fifa a little bit and whenever you go up against some kid who has everything on manual mode like no help whatsoever and he's <laughs> all his players you know you're in trouble
0: yeah. You know, when it's a pause before the game starts, you're like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, yeah. something's yeah. happening, some type of settings are happening. I don't like this. I'll just pause too to freak him out. But I'm like yeah. sitting there checking my phone, pretending.
3: Spent 40 minutes in team management? Yeah. yeah.
0: That's always a bad sign.
2: Well, um, you know, stay away from those FIFA nuts, guys. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing some Fortnite and yeah, I, I just absolutely get destroyed by anyone that has like a, a name that's like whatever, like I, I was going to make up a stupid name, but I don't feel like just swearing for the sake of it, but you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listening and supporting again. And um, yeah, we'll check you later. Maddie. if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words. I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to the Confederacy of
1: Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast.